0: Hey team, this is Grant David Collins and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they are rich or retired to create meaning, impact, and connection with their money, regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be digging into part two of the Money Plus series and talk about your time. So let's get started. When it comes to giving, most people are familiar with the giving of their time. In fact, 63 million Americans, or 25% of the population, volunteer their time, talents, and energy every single year. And the average American volunteers at least 52 hours a year. But the interesting thing that I have come to experience is, Is that while we're really interested in giving our time or we're familiar with that, people have a hard time doing that proactively. It's mostly a reactive approach to giving in terms of somebody is moving or needs help with a service project or whatever it might be. And so when we hear about it, we'll go out and do it instead of being intentional around creating with our time. Now, the reason why being intentional with your time is so important is that it actually allows you to get involved with experiences that give you life and provides an opportunity for you to be a part of a change that you actually really care about. And there are so many organizations that are built to create good in this world that the odds of you finding something that you align with are very, very high. But I hear about this over and over again. People telling me, like, I, I don't know where to volunteer. I, I don't know where I would put my time into the space. So I just don't do it. And that's sad to me because there is such a large need for time in the philanthropy space, in the giving space, in the charity space. Like there is not enough time in any of those spaces uh, for what we want to actually accomplish. As somebody that cares a lot about giving, I'm not just involved with the money side of giving, although I really care about that space and that's why the podcast is named Basement Philanthropy. But I also really enjoy giving of my time and volunteering in organizations that I care about. Probably about 10 years ago, I had a dog. Her name was Belle. She was a golden retriever, and she was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got her when I was an early, early uh, teenager 12 or, or 13 years old, picked her out as a puppy. And I'll share some videos on, on the podcast, um, the video podcast, if you want to see me interacting with her. And I'll probably have some audio playing in the background. She was just the best. She taught me how to love. She just was always there for me. And when she passed away, it was it was pretty devastating uh, for, for me and, and my family as a whole. But during that time, I came into understanding that not only could animals provide that kindness and change for their owners, but there were programs that dogs could get involved with that could extend that love and care that I had felt out to the community. And these are commonly referred to as therapy dogs. Dogs that have specific training and certification to go into places that are like elementary schools or hospitals, rest homes, airports, like you name it. There are dogs that can be a part of providing care and comfort for people who are having a challenge in one area of their life or another. So as I got older, I wanted to get a dog. And I'm still in the process of doing that. But as a prerequisite for that, I decided that I wanted to learn more about this space. And so what I decided to do is I decided to just Google therapy dog organizations in Salt Lake City. That's where I am. Uh, I'm in Utah. And a couple organizations came up and I simply reached out and wrote a quick email to the email that was provided and asked, If I could get involved a couple days later, I had somebody from the organization reach out and say, yeah, you can get involved with helping us test the dogs that we are certifying to be involved with the services that we offer as an organization. And this organization is called the Intermountain Therapy Animal Organization, and they provide services throughout the Intermountain area all the way up in Idaho and down into Arizona. And so I decided to go in and, and get involved. And, and so when I, when I showed up, I, I met the leader of the organization and a bunch of volunteers that came. and I spent about two to three hours with these dogs and their owners walking through different scenarios that they may come across while they' are volunteering. Uh, so groups of people, items dropping, obedience to make sure that when the group the ITA group signs off on a dog and then they start volunteering that they can have confidence in that team not only the dog but but the handler and this has just been a beautiful experience for me to be involved with I love this organization and in fact I volunteer almost every time they have a testing opportunity and not only am I involved with it but my friends are also involved with it as well now because they needed more volunteers. And so I just got, got the word out because I really care about the organization. And the cool thing that happened as I walked through this is not only was I able to be fulfilled by being involved with this group, but I started to learn a ton about what my future would need to look like if I wanted to be involved with this group and with with therapy animals in general which is which is a big thing that I want to be involved with in my future so I learned about different breeders that I could contact and different trainers and different vets and and what type of training they would need and I was actually able to see what a dog would need to be able to do in order to be involved with these services and so that is the ideal situation for People when they're volunteering their time, because not only do you get to be involved with something that gives you life, but you get to be involved with something that also contributes to what you actually care about, what what the change or the impact or the connection that you want to make, if you reach out to an organization that is a part of that, you not only get to give and have all the things happen in your life that occurs when you give, but you also get to learn. And I've developed this network of people that are involved in this thing that I'm very, very excited about getting involved with. And so when I do end up getting a puppy, I will have been leaps and bounds ahead of where I would have been if I'd just gone at a cold turkey and crossed my fingers and said, well, I hope that this dog is able to be involved with therapy. So a quick framework that you can walk through on your end in terms of finding volunteer experiences that you want to be involved with is to first sit down with a piece of paper or your phone, something to write down with, and then just list out different things that you enjoy, your hobbies, uh, topics, or or changes in the world that that come to your mind. Just do a quick brainstorm around those types of things, and if it's a hobby. Where could the application come in? like if you're an artist, are there art therapy groups nearby? If you care about horses, are there equestrian uh, therapy or or outreach groups nearby? Uh, one of my friends in Florida uh, is getting involved with a surfing group that focuses specifically on kids with autism like the the breadth of organizations out there is is just crazy and so as you work through this list, then I would just direct you to your search engine of choice and type in a couple keywords that contain what you want to be involved with and organizations or volunteer opportunities. And you will find something that pops up with one of the things on your list. I can guarantee you that that is the case. And if for some reason it's not Reach out to me and I will help you get connected with a group that you can volunteer with. So after you get done with that, look for some contact information and reach out and email that organization and they will welcome you with open arms. I can just tell you from personal experience with the different organizations that I'm involved with, there is never enough help. So as we know, time is such a valuable resource and giving and volunteering that time is is so precious and and a beautiful thing in of itself but when you add your time and your money together things continue to get incredible just like we talked about last week with your voice and your money with your time and your money used together ooh things start to really 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 ramp up so i'm going to be sharing four ways that you can combine these two things your time and your money together to create something bigger. And the first thing to do is just referencing back to what we just talked about. If you're already involved with an organization, just consider donating some of your money to the organization that you're already involved with. It's a perfect way to vet the organization, to know what's happening, to to learn about the impact they're creating and see if you align with that. Like, being involved on the ground is the easiest way to vet an organization in terms of if it's something you want to be involved with supporting financially. The second thing that you can do with your time and your money is to use it to enhance the microphilanthropy projects that you're already involved with. So you may already be in the zone of putting aside some money every month or every paycheck to do something good in your community. And maybe that looks like being involved with little projects that I've talked about so far on this this podcast, getting involved with food drives or with buying somebody's dinner or creating a experience with your friends who need help or are having a hard time. Like maybe you're involved with doing that. So you can use your time as a way to increase the effectiveness of this. And I've shared this experience before. But I want to do it again because we're starting another school year. What if you bought supplies for a teacher and then added on your time to volunteer in the classroom to be involved with the specific things that your money went to fund or just being involved with that teacher in general? They need so much help and time to anybody who is a teacher around you could use that and right now during the beginning of the year is a perfect time to reach out to your friends and family who are teachers and see if they need some support with supplies and time. Okay, the third way that you can use your time and your money together is to use your time as a space to be able to create or understand the good that you want to be a part of with your money. Now, what do I mean by this? We all have things that we are specifically drawn to for one reason or another, whether it be research of a specific disease that has impacted our family, or there is a certain economic problem or poverty that we've seen firsthand in our travels that we want to be a part of, or maybe there's some sort of political action that we want to support. Like we all have these things that are inherent in us. And it's likely that we're not using our money to be a part of creating that change. And that comes from us not spending time to understand what that could look like. So in a similar way that I just already described with viewing your time as as something that you can be intentional around, use your time as a way to sit with the question, what do I care about? What are the changes? What are the experiences? What are the injustices that I care about? And using your time to to work through that and mull that over and doing it not just in, in one sitting but continually will give you a clear, clear view of what you could then invest your money And further time into. We don't take enough time to sit with ourselves and be around what do I want to be involved with in my life? What is something that will give my life greater meaning than just a paycheck to spend on more Amazon or more subscriptions or a nicer car or things that we know aren't actually going to bring the fulfillment and joy that can come with being involved and creating a difference? in this world. Okay, the fourth thing that you can do with your time and your money to create greater good is to use your time as a means of researching what you are going to put your time and money into creating. So after you've you've discovered what you want to be about, then the next step is finding organizations or or things that you can do with your money personally and your time to be able to create that change that you want to see in the world. So using your time as a means to research organizations is a crucial step in making sure that the money and your efforts are actually going to create the good that you want to be about. A couple months ago, there was a shooting in Uvalde, Texas that was heartbreaking and and terrible like there, there there is no adequate language to use in order to talk about this tragedy that occurred and because it was so heartbreaking there were donations that streamed in from everywhere to all sorts of community and and national things that people felt like could help even though they couldn't be on the ground, they they felt like, oh man, I can use my money, and the amount of money that went towards clickbait giving, and I'll talk more about this later in in a in a in a podcast, but clickbait giving that showed up on social media and were were channeled through random GoFundmes that weren't vetted. I I don't even have a figure. I don't even think that there is a way to track a figure down. But there were likely thousands and thousands of dollars that were given based off an emotional reaction with no research done around whether the impact was actually going to create the good that somebody wanted to see. So in order to make sure that your time and your money is used in a way that aligns with the change and the impact that you want to see created in the world you can approach organizations or giving opportunities with some critical questions in mind. Now, by no means is this a comprehensive list, but this is a start to you becoming a more impactful and educated philanthropist. So the first question that I look for is, is an organization a 501c3 nonprofit? Now, what that means is that the IRS and the U.S. government has deemed this organization as being a charitable organization. And in order to get that distinction, an organization has to go through certain hoops to be able to prove that they are actually doing good in the community and that they want to create a certain impact. And so there's a level of a barrier to entry for organizations. Now, this doesn't mean that all bad actors are weeded out or that uh, all organizations that have that designation are impactful, but it is a, a really key first red flag to be able to see if an organization doesn't have that distinction. I would want to know a lot more about it before I would even consider volunteering or putting my money towards it. The next question that comes to my mind and and is one that I think about is what is the impact that this organization is actually going out and creating and then how are they measuring that impact and what type of impact have they had over time and then what impact are they wanting to have in the future? What are their long-term impact goals and how are they going to make sure that your money is going to be used to create that impact that they are, are talking about. So much of the time, there are these big marketing campaigns around different nonprofits or organizations, and the money is actually used for something else. And it doesn't even mean that these people are, are purposely redirecting your money to things that you don't want to be a part of you may just not understand how an organization is operated and where the money is actually headed. And so as an impactful philanthropist, you would want to know the answers to those questions. Maybe something else that you can ask or see on on a website or talk to somebody about are, what are the major obstacles that an organization is facing in creating that good? And what are they going to be doing in order to overcome that? And if a nonprofit can't express clearly what challenges they're going through, that would also be a red flag because either they have their head stuck in the sand or they don't want you to know about it or they haven't thought about it. And that would be another red flag for me to say, "Mm, maybe I should use my money and resources in another area. So those are the types of questions that I like to ask before I get involved with my donations and most nonprofits will have not only the information like that on their website but they also might have impact reports that explain really clearly what is happening and what will happen with your money and so i would i would ask for those types of materials and resources before you ever spent your money those are the four things and my gosh can you just see how that can create just amazing things in your community and in the good that you want to be a part of. Can you see how combining those two things together can just explode the impact and the good that you can create in this world? It has been a journey for me to go around this topic myself and and see. Things in my life as I'm working through this too, that I can absolutely improve in, in terms of my intention or the time that I'm using and how to mix that with the money that I want to use in this world to create good. Well team, that's it for me. Let's go out in the world and create good with the money in our pockets and the time on our calendars together. Talk soon.